Welcome back to Schoolhouse Cracked. With me, as always, is the uh, feisty Mr. Brett Derrickson, longtime educator, educational leader, inspirer of young minds, and inspirer of adult minds. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Schoolhouse Cracked, where, folks, we are not saying that schools are broken. We're not, not saying that schools are broken. We're saying it's time for the, us to lead the community into the places where we're concerned and get a dialogue going so that we can put into practice things that might might work. With me, as always, is my good friend, Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler, who we call Dr. MC. When he's not spinning rhymes, he's putting the A in type A and making this possible. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Dr. Motor Chandler. I wish I could say that was inaccurate, but it's 100% <laughs> true. Um, as always, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and download our podcast on all your favorite podcast channels. Um, so Brett, today, uh, we, this episode, well, first of all, let me say like, welcome to season two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah season we did two. It. We um, did it. yeah, we, we did something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not still not sure what we did, but we, we did followed something. through. We, yeah. we made a, we fulfilled a promise to each other. Yeah, we yeah. do it. Right? Hey, some peer accountability, right? Yeah. Um, but welcome to season two. Uh, it's been great getting audience feedback, um, from those that we had the opportunity to work with over the course of our career and from people we haven't. So thank you everybody audience for the feedback. Keep it coming. Um, but today's episode was inspired by some comments we, we were receiving from some audience members um, and some proposals for episodes we should look at. And, uh, and I don't know a better way to title today as uh, I hate my colleague. <laughs> yeah, or I was thinking the toxic teacher. The, oh, that's even better. All right. I can, yeah, I can work with that. Anyways, folks, we're going to start off with uh, some feedback we got uh, from uh, South Carolina and uh, Nate. Nate writes in about a colleague, and he wrote in a lot. So I'm going to give a synopsis of it. Okay, here, notes. Here, here's the synopsis. Uh, the colleague is one of those people who, when you get into a collaborative setting, uh, always says, I'm just going to play devil's advocate, but oh. really just seems to be not attacking ideas, but attacking the person. He also okay. went on to tell a story such as this. At their school... Um, they're both electives teachers. Okay. And uh, the toxic colleague in this situation is somebody who's failing most of the students, or most of the students are failing the course. An elective teacher failing most of their yes. kids. Yes. Okay, all right. Um, that, would, that would raise some questions for me. Right. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a really good story. Teachers, uh, families, I think it's all going to make your skin crawl. It has happened. I hope it stops, but I'm not going to make that promise. Mm. What the teacher does after this person finds out that if kids don't select the course anymore based on a lack of success, that they'll lose possibly their position because kids need to select based on their interests. Well, and that's pretty common if you're doing student-based student-driven scheduling, student yes. student-based student scheduling and a not adult-centric scheduling right. and so, and you're not providing opportunities for kids. Those are just tough, you know, numbers and numbers and spreadsheets decisions. Right. Yeah. Right. And here's the solution for the toxic colleague um, to change the grades of all of the students so that everybody has the exact same grade, which is a 83. C. 83.5? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, it was a C. <laughs> he still kept his rough edge a C, oh. but did not change any of the grade book. So it could be seen by colleagues that the numbers don't match up with the grade, so students walk away happy. Mm. The colleague is able to maintain um, not having... Some perceived credibility <laughs> with peers. Yeah, okay. Right. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about is somebody who's undermining 
are, or the perception is, if I could just you know transfer that for the audience, right. the perception that that my lack of professionalism is going to jeopardize you know the the group essentially. Huh. Okay. And and so in this regard, that person's playing devil's advocate with our with our listener, yeah. quote devil's advocate, but really kind of attacking a greater concept, but. I guess not having the balls to address it out in the open. Yeah, I, how about we've talked about this before? How about this? This is somebody who thinks they're the smartest person in the room, uh, oh, and okay. also think you know is one of those people that uses that phrase. Those are my favorite. Yeah, about yeah. the buzzwords, you know, and uh, uh, you know, in the best interest of kids, and then their actions uh, don't seem to follow that they care about young people at all. Yeah, a lot of incongruence. Yeah. Those those buzzwords that once I've said that buzzword, now I'm safe and I can <laughs> yeah. be a jerk about yeah. it. Yeah, don't okay. be offended. Yeah. But right. Yeah. It's it's like that 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 saying like whenever somebody says bless your heart yes. or bless his heart, it, they're not about to say something positive. <laughs> no. Okay, I got it. Folks, you understand yeah. though what we're talking about. This is not unique to schools. No. There's not an organization that is um, bulletproof to um, what it means to have a, a culture where adults are unable to model the behaviors that we value within our society and how that can impact the individual even as they approach the things that they're responsible for in the organization. In education, um, you know, we work around large groups of young people who are extraordinarily perceptive to adult and adult characters. They see more than we give them credit for. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's it's funny you brought that up, um, and th- it was unrelated to to this kind of topic we got from our, our listener, but yesterday I was just kind of doing my doom scrolling through my phone, looking at Instagram and whatever, um, between the videos of cats and <laughs> and things like that. I, I came across a TED Talk that's gotten a lot, of, uh, a lot of views recently, and it's from a researcher out of University of Nevada, um, Christine Porath, but she, apologies if I pronounced that wrong, but she was talking about, and it really resonated with me, and then I made the connection to this episode about uh, civility and incivility in the workplace mm-hmm. and how um, more often than not in those meetings or collaborative environments in a school and really in any organization, um, what, what it boils down to is incivility being the root to a lot of the dysfunction we see and also a lot of the reason in why we don't like our colleagues. Um, you know, I, I might not like a colleague because they decided to bring tuna for lunch and heat it up in the microwave. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah. But I might not like a colleague because they don't show respect towards children or respect towards colleagues, or they do think they're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You know, I think that, I, you know, I'm not going to use, the, um, you know, the term bullying, but, what you know, what is the, the impact of incivility in, in the workplace mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that we can steal the talents of others uh, because they don't feel comfortable, and this goes back to Brene Brown, being yeah. vulnerable. It's like being vulnerable oftentimes is is portrayed as an act as weakness of, of or in, yeah. Or those of us who honor that concept, that Brene Brown concept of vulnerability, it's like, hey, be courageous, be vulnerable. What we're talking about, folks, is when other people steal from you your ability to share your ideas, contribute mm-hmm. to the group, or possibly do things where you might not be perfectly successful right. because of um, you don't feel comfortable with who you're working with. Well, and, and the ultimate irony of that when seen in educators is that um, there's there's not, not that distinction in themselves of the difference between growth mindset and learner mind, or and knower mindset. And, and they want that in children. We all want that in children. We want to get growth mindset. But the minute you kind of shut down a colleague or no more or poke holes in a colleague's well-intentioned idea 
uh, maliciously, you're, you're putting yourself in that knower model when really like we should be chief learners yeah. as educators. Yeah, we should, we should be should modeling be the, it for children. I, I think that that's yeah. why it's a part of schoolhouse crack. And it's a part of why we more than uh, possibly, you know, a surgical team needs to, to get into the cracks and look through and figure yeah. out what we're going to do about Absolutely. it. Be, because our job is the holistic learning experience of kids. Mm-hmm. Our job cannot be uh, interesting or successful or benevolent yeah. to kids and others if we don't collaborate and collaborate well. There's just no way around it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the aspect of this yeah. that I'd like to examine is why does this happen? Why does it happen frequently in our profession of public education? Mm-hmm. And what do we do about it? So let, let's start there, though. Because I, I, we've had more than one beer mm-hmm. over this conversation about people you work with that have driven you nuts over your career. Let's Pri- start there. Prior to filming today. Yeah. <laughs> but not, right, not right now. <laughs> yes, you're, you're sensing some incivility from me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's, let's start there. Like, let's start with... Um, you know, an example of, uh, uh, of something that drove you to, to despising a toxic colleague and then kind of how you went through that, that process of, of dealing with yeah. it, coming to terms with it, accepting it, whatever. Yeah, I'd say, f- first of all, yeah. um, it's happened in every place that I've worked. Same, and, same. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but in some, in some places, the, the culture can be positive enough to overcome incivility in smaller workplaces like working within your department mm-hmm. or the person whose room is next you know next yeah. to you or your particular planning partner um but i i want to first of all say like that's why we're, t- we're having this this podcast that's why we need uh the viewers to share their stories mm-hmm. and share their solutions because there's been more often than not and i'm just being uh totally frank with the audience what i've done is either fought back Mm-hmm. in ways that reflect being the youngest of four boys in a broken home, like in nasty ways. I've become a nasty person. and try, I've tried to defeat people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, uh, so, talk about fight or flight, I've also run. I've also literally mm-hmm. changed jobs mm-hmm. to get, not to get away from like kids and communities that I love, yeah. but to get away from the adults I'm there. So, so you, in some sense, became toxic in that interaction or removed yourself entirely. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would, of course, blame others and not myself, but I would at least acknowledge, <laughs> I would at least acknowledge healthy, healthy. that my yeah. response could be aggressive or to defeat people. My responses have been before nothing I would teach young people about problem solving and yeah. relationships. Of course, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not proud of myself and my reactions to a toxic colleague or somebody, you know, I've perceived to lose respect for um and it's it's taken me a long time to kind of understand this and now i'm very well aware of it and then i'm even more disappointed in myself when i do it but once i've lost respect for a colleague in either the way that they interact with children or the way they treat their peers um i struggle to even make eye contact yeah um and and you know that's not healthy or or effective on on my part at all because ultimately we still have to work together um and, and so if there's anybody out there that i work with and you find me not making eye contact with you I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's another clear symbol for anybody that knows Dr. Motor Chandler. We call it the moonwalk. Uh, <laughs> it's what he's very, very good at. It's when he's in a room with a com- either a conversation he doesn't want to be in, or with a toxic person. And if you happen to enter into that room or into that physical space, he just finds this way to slip backwards and outside of the physical environment, dumping you yes. into the. Uh, 
the environment. It's a learned skill over time. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I am proud of the fact that I'm still able to get away with it with you after years. <laughs> and now you knowing I do that. Yeah. Um, but, but ultimately, when we have that toxic colleague, um, if we don't address that and we don't work through it and we don't process it and we don't think of ways to let it or minimize its impact on us, it'll play out with kids. Yeah, it will. So let's start with that. Uh, you know, what are, we'll go back and forth, tick for tack. Tell the audience one thing that they can do if they've got a toxic colleague. Let's talk solutions. Um, so less from an educational standpoint, but more just from a, a, a general interpersonal human interaction standpoint, addressing it. Mm -hmm. Like the, the longer it festers, the more resentment the two colleagues will have for one another. And so most humans are not comfortable with conflict. I mean, it, it, it's taken, you know, four advanced degrees, 20 years of experience, and I still sometimes struggle with conflict. And it's my job to teach others how to deal with conflict and deal with conflict myself. But humans do not naturally address conflict because it's uncomfortable. And so if you're feeling that conflict with a colleague, uh, approaching them respectfully, yeah. uh, approaching them professionally, and just getting it out in the open, trying to work through it, you know, not everybody will respond well to that, and it will be highly uncomfortable. But addressing it and if you don't and it festers over the course of a school year your kids are going to sense it if it festers over the course of multiple school years your organization will sense it yeah and your your own uh, your own mind body and spirit it can it yeah. become toxic well that's why i call the toxic teachers because what we're talking about is how like we can go from a, you know a um approach of of kid-centered focus and joy to to stealing our own joy and stealing yeah. our best selves. Yeah. Uh, in just response to that comment, Marcus, you, you know one of my favorite leadership sayings is clarity is kindness. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes absolutely. When, we, when we go to our colleagues in the, the appropriate way and are clear about our feelings or clear about the, the impact or clear about our observations, we're being kind. Even though we may be critical, the clarity itself creates mm -hmm. kindness. Um, I, I would say, <clears throat> I know that this is a little bit cliche, but... Also, give yourself the twenty-four hour rule, like absolutely, a, a, absolutely. you know, acknowledge the right time, place, and space. I guess would be the best part to have that conversation mm -hmm. with a colleague. If it's not in the hallway during passing period, right? Yeah. And it, like in in the story that that, that Nate sent that I that I read, uh, that feeling like they're one-upping you, or feeling that they are playing devil's advocate, and you think that it's personal. Um, you know, don't storm out of the room. Mm -hmm. Don't roll your eyes. Don't do, you know, here's the don'ts. Don't, you know, don't uh, raise your voice, but do. Honor uh, your feelings. Yeah, yeah, honor your feelings and create the create the time, place, and space. Yeah. Hey, well, you know what, depending on how close you are, email, text, or even face-to-face. -face, hey, can we wrap around uh, maybe tomorrow? I'm, I got to get out of here pretty early today. I got to, you know, thing. But, man, I'd like to talk to you in the morning about, you know, some of the things. that. So, so you're saying you moonwalk out of it in the moment and then revisit it tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> moonwalk. And come back around. <laughs> Moonwalk circularly All right. back to your original spot. What else do you have, Dr. MC? How else can we deal with the toxic colleague? Um, you know, one of the things that I've, I've personally done and I've coached younger teachers who may be dealing with a, a toxic veteran teacher, and that's always an interesting dynamic, right? You're a first, second, third-year teacher, and you come into an apartment with an established department head of 30 years or of 25 years or whatever. And so you, you, want, you have that energy. You want to engage. Um, you want to have some input in where your department or where your school's going, and, and you get shot down or whatever. Um, so one of the things I would say is is easy to do, regardless of your your time and role, is model the behavior you want to see in others. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you're unhappy with the way in which a colleague is treating children or a grading practice or um, the fact that you're making all the phone calls home but your teammate's not or whatever you, you have, modeling that behavior. And ultimately, one of the greatest influencers of behavior is peer behavior. Yeah. And so I'm not saying like peer pressure everybody into doing the same stuff you're doing. But if you're on a team of four people and three of those people are modeling like quality behavior, there's eventually going to feel some pressure by that fourth person to rise to the occasion. That saying of a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah, I agree. I'd say for my second piece of wisdom, our fourth little tip is uh, talk shit behind their back. <laughs> no, of course not. No, the exact I mean, that's, that, that's where we mostly go to, though, right? <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But, you know, there's one of those uh, – uh, they're kind of cliches uh, – but it, it's assume best intentions. Yeah. A, a little twist that I have to put on it is assume they have something to give to the organization mm -hmm. and acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that you can do with a toxic colleague to kind of uh, lower the competitiveness that can exist yeah. is, is to f find their strengths and acknowledge those strengths typically publicly. Um, you know, hey, that is a, a great idea. Thank you. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be the greatest idea of all time. Or even acknowledging them, uh, you know, in the room. Well, I, I appreciate uh, that. I'm I'm with you on that. And, and, and picking and choosing what you're praising yeah, yeah. to reinforce it. Certainly praise things that you can get behind, but yeah. intentionally say, hey, actually, we're on the same page on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Which and, is more often than not true. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's one way that you can allow uh, those people who have found themselves in a competitive situation with you to realize, wait a minute. We are. We're on the same team, and we, right. we can accentuate accentuate the positive. I, I'm glad you said that, Brett. The assumption of positive intent is always key, and you know that's something that, in my role, I talk about all the time, all the time, all the time. But then, on occasion, I find myself forgetting that that tenant. So, kind of keeping that in the back of my in my hip pocket, and reminding myself, like maybe they didn't intend it to land that way. That's how it did land, however. So then I want to follow up with them. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, but again, going back to I'd encourage like don't let anything fester. Yeah. It's 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 a wound left untreated. Yeah. And put the mission first, yeah. folks. I mean, I I don't often uh, speak in military analogies because I don't like uh, to step into the grounds of people who who do really challenging and dangerous. But work. every organization has a mission. Yeah. And in this in this case, uh, you know that proverbial what are we really trying to accomplish hey we work in schools yeah. i love kids they love kids we love kids differently but what i'm not going to do is let my personal grievances impact my joy mm -hmm. or impact my approach uh to what we do which is meeting kids uh, where they're at so that they can have a dynamic and caring learning experience yeah. so now with a little bit of time left in the episode brett i, I do want to throw something at you from the parent perspective mm -hmm. what happens if as a parent you hate your kid's teacher. You've got yeah. a toxic teacher that your kids have. Yeah, I with with uh, when my kids were younger, yeah. I would patronize them <laughs> and deny their feelings <laughs> and tell and tell them all those like kind of uh, uh, lies that yeah. your parents t tell you, which mm -hmm. is, hey, I don't think you really understand, you know, how hard the grading is. That's why you're not getting feedback, mm -hmm. or you know. But, the, you know, the point is, is that there comes a time where their grievances about their teacher hit that place in your head as an educator. It's really tough to be an educator and a parent and, yeah. a parent of kids and separate the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there comes a time where your child says uh, where you get that like remark at a parent. This is a good one. This is a yeah. tale from the trenches of parents. My son, oh, we're doing digital um, 
parent night conferences and she says you know he could be he could be more focused he likes to be the class clown he's frequently on his cell phone and you sit there and you're like well we'll handle that and I, so I turned to go handle <laughs> that, that, that is you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll take care of that. Yeah, we'll handle it. I figured yeah. that is, right. well, it won't happen again. Yeah, exactly. No, but then I turn around and say, hey, man, comment on that. Yeah. Your teacher just said, name three explicit behaviors mm-hmm. that are not responsible behaviors of, of a student. And you're not doing as well as you want. Fill in the gaps. Yeah. And he's like, so, Dad, let me show you the grade book. And by the way, um, Nobody's on their cell phone in the class more than the teacher is. Oh, and as I ask more probing questions, uh, you know, my son is able to articulate clearly mm-hmm. that pedagogy is weak, mm-hmm. passion for subject is low, and feedback on his work is is nominal if non-existent. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I acknowledge it. Mm. You know, I say, son. So like, again, bringing addressing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, son. Yeah, son. First of all, I'd like you to know that I believe you. Yeah. I'd also like you to know that I'm not doing anything to resolve this problem. Yeah. Um, I need you to address one of those concerns. Whatever is the biggest barrier to you being you successful kind of sounds like you're annoyed that they take your cell phone and, and are hypocritical about being on theirs. Right. But that's not. So blocking. a lack of modeling that behavior right. as well. Yeah. But for, for my child, I'm telling you, that's not the one that's keeping you from being successful. Mm-hmm. The one that's keeping you from being successful, it sounds like you're not getting feedback on your work. Feedback for growth. Yeah. So what do you, you know, what, what can you do? Uh, and the point is, is just like we're talking about right now is steering the child towards their solutions. But when it comes to this conversation, I'm not going to deny my child's feelings or beliefs that the teacher is toxic. It's possible. So kind of in both situations, like we talked about is not letting it fester, like addressing the issue politely, respectfully, but getting it out in the open and working for a solution, working towards a solution. Agree and keep that mission there. Like, you know, I mean, I hate to say that. You and I have yeah. talked about the transcript effect before. We, yeah. It's one of the, the cracks in the schoolhouse. That, that'll, that'll be a whole other episode. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. But put, you know, putting the, the fake achievement or the grades ahead of the, the learning experience is surreal. And at this point in time, that's what I'm telling the son. Mm-hmm. Son, it's this class. It equals this grade on your transcript. And at the end of the day, you're going to make it past this person and mm-hmm. this class. Keep the mission, get your work done. Absolutely. And so to bring all of this kind of full circle um, in, in your tale from the trench that you had from our listener, from, from Nate, um, one of my favorite parent stories of yours was in, in regard to some toxic teaching or a toxic colleague. Uh, so Brett called me in his office one day, <laughs> or actually he called me into a colleague's office, which is even funnier because he'd set up a gallery walk in our colleague's office and gave me no context and there were several ceramic pieces created obviously in a ceramics class maybe high school maybe middle school spread about our colleague's office he asked me to do a gallery walk and i i had thought this was made from one of our center-based programs or possibly from the elementary school that we were hosting at the high school and and of the artworks i recall there was what i would guess is a soccer field maybe um and what i thought was a chunk of cheese yes and, uh, and and come to find out, it was from one one of your sons. Yeah. And the project, if I recall, was was cultural heritage. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I can't rec- I can't remember why he chose cheese, but it was a very loose affiliation. Yeah. And and I remember the teacher gave him a, a pretty high grade, and you thought to yourself, "What the hell?" Yeah. My son made a chunk of cheese 
he needs some feedback. <laughs> it was not a, even a chunk of cheese. It was a ball <laughs> with maybe a cheese color. There was like a hole in it to indicate right. it was like Swiss. Right. Yeah. And then and then I said, son, how is this a reflection of Icelandic culture? What is this food? <laughs> you remember it as a piece of cheese. He didn't even he didn't even try to guess at it. He, oh, he looked at me and said, I don't know. Food is culture. It's food. And I'm like, and I'm not aware. And I've been to Iceland several times, <laughs> and I'm not aware of their cheese scene. But uh, but but that was an instance that in, initiated a conversation with that teacher, as from the parent standpoint, I remember. Yeah. And and the grading that came about was basically like a change grade overnight. Yeah. And some feedback that otherwise hadn't existed, but you addressed it. Yeah, and that um, goes back to another one of our favorite stories about how he threw me under the bus at the parent conference. Oh That's yeah, I forgot about. That. I forgot but about folks, that. Folks, we're, we're not we're not losing track. Of what's talking about? What we're talking about here. Is a, is a colleague in this in this case who made learning so unclear, yeah. held uh, my son to so little standards, and did what we call the bunch grading. Mm-hmm. So we we can't intervene in compliance grading, completion grading, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's other teachers on that team who are really working hard yeah. on on his reading comprehension, quality and, feedback, right, critical yeah. thinking, these different uh, things, and getting students into those habits of being <laughs> strong with academics, that academic mm-hmm. grit, some mm-hmm. of those soft skills that we were talking about Absolutely. in one of our last episodes, can be undermining. That, that in of itself can be a toxic colleague. It's not always that. like Outwardly that negative, outwardly toxic. Yeah, sometimes it's like, hey, if you're performing so low or others are being asked to take on so much mm-hmm. in our schools, and you're not going and doing fulfilling your part that you're undermining um, the entire process. Mm-hmm. And, and so the the caveat I'll add to this too is is the assumption we're talking about is parents you've got a teacher that's maybe toxic for your child or or you're a teacher and I'm a teacher maybe we're toxic for each other. But I'll I'll reiterate this is that sometimes and I've said this in many episodes the leader the administrator can be toxic. And, and this is something that you've said regularly is sometimes you have to lead your leaders mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's giving that feedback back up. And so teachers, I know sometimes you, you have an administrator or a leader who you perceive or your colleagues perceive as toxic. Um, so that feedback can go up yeah. because regularly those are the folks who are giving the feedback down very freely. Well, nobody yeah. thinks they're a bad leader. No. And nobody thinks they're underserving people. And, and I think it's even, you know, even with the toxic teacher, the bullying colleague, yeah. none of us think that we're like, hey, I'm inherently unkind. I always have to win and defeat people. Mm-hmm. Nobody says this. Nobody's the bad guy in their own story. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. That's well said. But, you know, that asking for what you need, gosh, that helps me as, as a school leader. Yeah, absolutely. Once like, hey, what I need is this. Or, I mean, I had uh, just last week uh, a colleague that we both know say, hey, Brett, that might work for you, uh, but what I need right now is this. And it, yeah. you know, it was definitely not easy for her to say to me, right? But absolutely made her um, or made me a better leader for her. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Don't be afraid to let people know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, because then your leaders can put you in the best position for success. Absolutely. And, and so that reminds me of one thing before we wrap up. There are two things that we that research shows that humans have always overestimated their own abilities. Can you name those two? Uh, self-confidence. Well, okay, close. Mm-hmm. So leadership, their leadership ability. Yeah. We always overestimate our leadership ability. And then there's another one. Um, I feel like I'm, you're looking your eyes telling me I'm guilty of this overestimation. No, no, it's not an overestimate. It's like we overestimate just our general skill in this yeah. area. Yeah. Um, but you're guilty of being bad at it. 
I don't know. You got to tell me. I'm like so nervous right now. Our driving ability. Our driving ability. Yeah. Oh, we all, no. we all overestimate our leadership ability and our driving ability. No, I'm a terrible driver. <laughs> you owned My it. My head is on a swivel. So we just put that out yeah, yeah. and addressed it and you acknowledged it. So yeah. room for improvement. So, um, when we talk about toxic colleagues, it's not meant to just like pick apart people who are negative in our lives, but, but empower folks, whether that's a parent or a teacher to put it out in the open, it's scary to address confrontation or challenge a colleague, but with the intent that it's coming from a good place, we want to make each other better. We care about each other and it's all with the purpose of bettering the experience of our kids. Yeah. There are, um, there are better ways to go forward, but it's, you cannot let, this become an intestinal issue. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that's something that the audience gets. It's like when it gets to that point where you don't want to get out of your car or you don't mm -hmm. want to walk into an office or a wing of the school. Not looking forward to a meeting. Or, yeah, or yeah. an area. Then that is an indicator that you've got to apply some strategies, mm -hmm. whether it's creating the time, place, and space to have a conversation, whether it's just telling them how things have landed, whether it's finding other mm -hmm. ways because you know you have a common goal and neither mm -hmm. of you are going anyplace. But at the end of the day, folks, take care of yourselves. Be, mm -hmm. be joyful uh, in your work and uh, uh, remember your mission and value yourself enough to address the toxic colleague. And so this is a, a great segue because we would love to hear your toxic colleague stories. Um, we all have them. I, I've got more than I can count, unfortunately. And at times I've been the toxic colleague. Mm -hmm. And so send us your toxic colleague stories, um, your I hate my colleague stories. Um, we'll, we'll address them. We'll give you some credit. We'll give you a shout out. But send us your toxic colleague stories at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com or on Facebook. Um, send us your thoughts. We'd love to talk about them in our next episode. It's like a dear Abby for teachers right here. Yeah. Get it out there and let us know if we can maybe even help yeah. you uh, resolve or even think meaningfully about solutions yeah. because we care about kids and I know you care about kids, but we're going to get in and examine those cracks and make sure that the foundation of our schools stays strong. So as always, thank you for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked. Uh, be sure to like us on or subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, download us on all your favorite podcast channels. Um, and I just want to provide one more shout out, Brett, with that intro outro music um, is by a good friend of mine, local artist, well-respected musician, uh, Russell Graves. You can find him on Instagram at rgravesspooky or spookygraves. Um, on Instagram, he's a wonderful musician, provides online music lessons, in-person music lessons. Um, so give him a, give him a look. Um, thanks, Russ, for the, uh, thanks, for the intro Russ. outro. With Thank me, you. as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson, longtime educator, good friend of mine, and guy that challenges my thinking daily. And my really good friend and colleague, Dr. Motor Chandler, who is rarely toxic. And when he is toxic, <laughs> I address it right away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a good night.